Ed spoke a sermon, and it was called Forgetting I Press, and I never forgot it. It was life-changing for me. And uh, it's very rare that you get to request a sermon. You request songs, right? But I've requested that my dad preach a sermon that changed my life today. I think it's perfect as we leave this old year, move into the new year. How many are excited about a new year? Oh, please, God. And so I asked my dad, we're cleaning through some stuff, and I found these notes, and I've held on to these notes for several years. I gave them back to him last week so he could brush up on it. And here they are, and got this Bible that I've seen him open up so many times and preach. Dad, I'm so honored to have you bring the word to the Hills Nashville today on this last Sunday of 2014. Would you welcome my daddy, Papa Rags. That's a long time ago. And I'm honored to stand before you today at the hills. Uh, you got to remember now, when I preached this in 1987, we had church different. So I'm just wondering if any of you all need to be dismissed and go out to your car and bring in the chicken and the potatoes and the beans, and the pies, and the cakes, because I'll preach for about an hour and a half, and we'll break, and I'll come back and preach another hour and a half. <laughs> Any of you all remember those days? <laughs> yeah. So this is one of the hardest things that I have ever done in my life, is to condense a message like this to 16 minutes. Ain't no way it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, I don't call myself a preacher anymore. I try to think of myself as an encourager. That's why I love to walk around and hug on my babies. I got a bunch of babies now. And pat you on the back, encourage you. I don't do a lot of time, take, spend a lot of time studying. But there's not, other than that, there's not a lot of things changed in my life. Because I still love Jesus. And I still want to please Him. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And I'm standing today before a lot of people who, in 19, listen to me, 19, I'm back in 1987 again. <laughs> See, that's the thing about it. I'm forgetful. And it's getting worse, Haskell, as I age. (laughs) Now, what was I supposed to say a while ago? Many times when I was pastoring, I'd be preaching a message and going on, hitting a point, and all of a sudden I get up on a rabbit trail. You've, You've heard preachers do that before. And then I'd stop and say, now, where in the Lord was I going with that thought? And luckily, I had some people that stayed right with me, so they'd come back and say, you were saying, yeah, oh, yeah, and I jumped back on the right trail. Uh, there, there's a lot of you to, in my, out in front of me today that uh, 2014 has not been good to you. And you know why I can say that? Because it was the same back then as it is right now. We all have problems. We all have disappointments. 
Because we rub shoulders with humans, and humans make mistakes. They fail. They disappoint us. They walk away from us. And it's, I think it's a whole lot worse now than it was back in those days. Uh, one of my scriptures that I've, I've loved for all these years is, I'm determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Because when you start comparing yourself among yourself, the Bible says you're unwise, and it's then that you start feeling sorry for yourself. Uh, now, if we took it and we compared ourselves and said, I'm going to do better, then it'd be all right. But I think what we do is we, we turn it the negative way and we start feeling sorry for ourselves. We start getting bitter. We get upset. Why can't I have this? Why can't I have that? You know, you know what I'm talking about? But today, it's, it's, it's kind of it's hard to have that scripture apply to us. I'm determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and Him, and him crucified. And even though I, I'm not on Facebook and Instagram, I know everything about all of y'all just about if I were to say on top of it. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that scripture that when, and I, here I'm off on a, on a rabbit trail already, John. <laughs> uh, you know, the Bible speaks of those things that were whispered in private shall be spoken before the king. I think maybe this is what we're talking about now, these Facebooks. And, and I've got one of those phones, you know, but I just don't get on it and tell everybody my business. <laughs> uh, but we all hurt. We're all disappointed. We all make mistakes. We all sin. And we come short. That's not the bad thing. The bad thing is to stay there and to wallow in it. Um, But John mentioned it. He took away a lot of my, my introduction, you know, by saying this is a new year. How could he help but say it? Because as, as soon as he said that, most of you knew this was a message that I preached uh, on New Year's to a church that I had pastored for several years and people that I had tried to encourage to walk through troubled times, encourage them, you've sinned, you've made mistakes, you're at outs with family, you're at outs with friends, but let's leave this behind. Let's just leave it behind. Uh, but this is the time of year that we start thinking about making New Year's resolutions. And uh, some, some people at these time of year say, I'm going to, I'm going to lose weight. Some people say, well, I'm going to be a sweeter parent. I'm going to be a greater companion. You know, all of these things that we say that we're going to do, I'm going to be more patient. I'm going to work harder to try to get that promotion. Uh, you know, this is the time of year that we, that, that we do that. But all of us should be saying, I want to make sure that in 2015 I become a better Christian. I want to be more like him, not anybody else. I want to be more like him. Um, and I think it's great for us to look back and analyze and, and consider our past. Most of the times I think what we'd realize is that we, we are the ones that made our mistakes and put us in the situation in the first place. Nobody else did it. It's me. Philippians. Do y'all have the uh, writing on the wall? Philippians chapter 3 is a beautiful scripture. Uh, and there it is. Look at there. That's, that's sinful. 
that's sinful. <laughs> John wrote me and said, Dad, if you'll get me the scripture, tell me what, what translation you've got, then I'll have it typed up for you. I said, King James. Bless God. That's the only, only one. <laughs> he wrote back and said, Dad, I don't know if we got that. How about you, King James? And you know what I wrote back? King James. <laughs> and look what I got. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's no way I can preach. You know, not, not out of a, a new King James. Revised King James or whatever, whatever it's called. Uh, <laughs> Brethren, I count not myself to apprehended, but this one thing I do. Pretty close, isn't it? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching for those things which are before. So for the wrapping up of this year, I think what you need to do is I think you need to reminisce just a little bit. And I need you to think about those things that happened in your life in 2014, good and bad. Because we learn from the bad as well as we do from the good. Let's look back and let's look at those things. But I I want us to, instead of dwelling on those things, because it's when we start dwelling on negative thoughts, negative problems in our life, that we start getting despondent all over again. When we start having our own personal pity parties then that's when things start really happening to us. And then we start saying, well, why in the world isn't that happening to them? You know? You know what I'm talking about? Why is it always happening to me? And I think I can say, say that with a little bit of authority because there was a time in my life when the church that I was in, my friends used to call me Job because there were so many things happened to me in one specific year. And, and that's, that's exactly what they call me. They, they, they call me Job. Uh, so I'm encouraging to look back and think about those things, analyze those things, but don't dwell on the negative. I think that's what Paul is telling us here that we need to, to do is we need to, we need to forget. Everybody say forget. We need to forget those things that are in the past, we need to just leave them alone. Just leave them alone. John messed my message up. He got part of my notes, and I changed my notes, and I need a big old podium where I can stretch out. I started to come out here with about five uh, uh, notebooks to, to tell you that I'm going to really take my time today. Yeah, yeah. We need to forget those things that are past, and we need to consider those things that are before us. Webster said that the word forget is to lose the memory of. Somebody talked about you? Just lose the memory. Forget it. Otherwise, you're going to create a a cancer inside of you that's going to eat away and eat away. It's not going to hurt the person that bothered you, but it's going to hurt you more and more and more. And it creates a spirit and an attitude inside of you. Not only does it say to lose the memory of, but it says to overlook. Overlook other people's uh, misgivings and, and failures and the way that they treat you. You overlook that. 
and love them for an individual that they are. Just overlook it. Just overlook it. You're always going to find people that's going to uh, try to do better than you, and they're going to compete with you, but you need to overlook those people that abuse you. Uh, I got a good example in Luke chapter 22. Uh, do you have Luke 22? Uh, let me see if I can read that. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. This scripture, starting of this scripture, tells me that the, the Peter, who was the man who introduced the keys to the kingdom to us, when the Lord handed them to him, he's the one that preached that message to us. But this was before he was given the keys to the kingdom. And he said, Satan desires you. He's going to sift you. That means he's going to get out something that's going to break you down as low as you can be broken down and try to destroy you. He wants to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. And that in itself is a message. I have prayed for you. It doesn't matter if the enemy is coming against you to destroy you. As long as the Lord's on our side, we can make it. Because me and Jesus are winners in every situation. It doesn't matter what it is. I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, look at that. He was telling Peter right here that he was going to walk away from him. Don't feel bad when you walk away from me. You're human. But I prayed for you. And when you return to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. We all feel that way. We all love God. We're all going to do what we, we know that we should do to further the kingdom of God. Don't we? Nothing's going to stop me from living for God. Is it you? Come on. Hello? Are you going to quit living for God? No, we don't think we are. We don't think we're going to fail God. And the Lord said, Simon, whoops, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you. Give me the next verse. Is that it? Yeah, there it is. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times. You see, isn't that typical of us as humans? Ah. Sally, you're an inspiration. But something could happen to you, and you could get very discouraged, and you could turn your back on God. But you wouldn't be the first person to do it. Dennis, he loves us. And he's prayed for us. He's prayed for us. Peter had the keys to the kingdom. Samson was a great man. Samson was a wise, unwise judge who should have been a wise judge. But we know Samson for what? His strength. 
Samson had problems. He should have been one that led the children of Israel to great heights in, 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 in Israel. But because of he, he had some problems with women, he was unwise. There were so many things that was mixed up in his life that he actually became a bad judge. I'm creating, trying to create some, some, some uh, good scenarios for you. Uh, Saul. Saul was a, uh, was a man who, who despised the church. Saul was a man who, who took the clothing. When they got ready to stone Stephen, the clothing was, was thrown at his feet. And he was there and stood and he watched as they brought those clothes and threw them down. And then they stoned Stephen to death. Saul was the man that was encouraging this. And the Bible speaks in the book of Acts. Uh, yeah, Acts for me. You see, I can't do this. There's no way. There's no way I can do this. Uh, and they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God. Oh, God, you know, I'm calling on you. And they were stoning him to death. Jesus received my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice. On and on. Now, Saul was consenting to his death at that time. A great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women and committing them into prison. Now, what am I bringing all this together for? I'm trying to show you that there are those times in our life that we need to look back at our past, the things that we've done, the bad things, the evil things, the failures, the, 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 those times that we have, we have disappointed God, we've disappointed our companions, we've disappointed our children, and on and on and on and on I can go. We need to look back at those things and we need to analyze them and consider them. And we don't need to dwell on them. We need to forget them. Because we cannot go back and change one thing that we've done. We need to go back, look at them, and forget them. Overlook them. And let's go back to Philippians. I press toward the prize for the goal, for the prize, of the up, for the high calling of God in Christ. You see, I can't even read that right. So we forget those things that are behind, and we press, and we press. Every time we make a mistake, we pick up, and we go on. We repent of it. We repent of it, and we start pressing back toward God. Start pressing back toward I heard something just uh, just this week from John. John said, Dad, Evan uh, uh, didn't do too good. You know, he's been sick, hadn't practiced any. And he told me about how many three points that he missed. But we talked about how his guarding was a, was a highlight in his, in his, uh, in his game. Uh, you know, we can become disappointed and disillusioned, and we can give up hope. But what we need to learn to do is when we make mistakes, when we let, let down on the, on, on, on the uh, uh, offense, yeah, 
We need to just pop back up. Forget those things. Don't let those things drag us down. Next time, go back and hit more, you know? And I could go to you individually. If I knew your individual life, and I could come to you, and I could say, let's forget those things that are behind. Those things that created problems in our lives, let's forget about them. I made some bad mistakes in my life. There's a lot of things I wish I could go back and change. Some words that I spoke that I wish I had not spoken. Some spankings I gave, maybe I shouldn't have given. Hey, but he turned out pretty good, didn't he? Do you know what I'm saying? I'm serious. I would need I need a long time to preach this message. I'd have to build, I'd have to build it up and then come back and but this is life. This is life. Why don't we make it some mystical thing? Living for God is so beautiful. Shine has come to me a lot in, in the last several months. He said, Dad, just talk to me. And that's really what I like to do. I like to sit down and just talk to people. <laughs> he said, she said, Dad, Tell me what I, what I need to do and tell me how, how I need to. Dad, get, just do a Bible study with me, just me and you. And some of the things that I've tried to tell her, and I, wish, I hope I can remember them uh, because I'm forgetful. Forgetting a press. Forgetting a press. I've I, I tried to tell her there, there are a couple of scriptures that I lean on in my life. And I think I'm a pretty good guy. Now, don't talk to Boots about it. I, I think I'm a pretty good guy. I've always loved God. I've never wanted to go out and do anything wrong. I've never wanted to do alcohol or drugs. I've, I've never wanted to cheat on my wife because I love my wife dearly. You know, those, those things that are common to mankind, those temptations and trials there, I've always tried to be faithful to God and to my family. Uh, but, but I've told her, I said, some things that you need to remember is that those, those, those words that said, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed. So it's not enough to hear John preach on Sunday if I don't apply it to my Another scripture I like is, Thy words have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. They'll keep you walking straight. And then, of course, I like to use that scripture and throw it in, rightly divide the word of truth. Rightly divide the word of truth. So the thing that we need to do if we want to forget those things that are behind and press toward the prize of the mark of the high calling of God is make sure we put the Word of God in our heart and we fall in love with His Word and with His presence. Living for God don't happen at church on Sunday morning. This is where we come together and we worship. We create a body, a fellowship that we can help encourage one another. But living for God is a day-by-day thing. 
when you come in contact with people and situations, how we react to those situations is who we are. I've worked with people since I've quit pastoring many years ago. I've worked with people who, when I, when I, when I have dealings with them, I never preach to them. But I live a life. One of the greatest compliments I ever had was when Joshua was, was going through his battle with uh, leukemia. Uh, a fellow that I had worked with for several years, he was actually so bad that I would not even eat with the rest of the guys at lunch. I would go away by myself somewhere else and, and eat my lunch. He had such a foul mouth, always cursing, always just just bad, 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 bad. I'm talking about bad, bad. But I was working about a five-month five job in Chattanooga. And uh, one day I decided, well, you know what? I think I'm going to start eating with the guys. And I did. And I continued to listen to some foul language, some bad talking scenarios that he would create in his discussions with people. And I thought, oh my God, is, is there any hope for somebody like this? That job stopped. I started another job with the same company here in town after the flood. Right off the river, the apartments were, were flooded and they asked me to come in and help, help them do some things there. And this guy and I got fairly close because they assigned him to work with me naturally. But when Joshua got sick, I'll never forget Tom calling one day, and he said, John, I'm so sorry. But I want you to know, every night before I go to bed, I pray for him. From that time on, I never heard him say another curse word. We lost Joshua. Time went by. I went back and did a little bit of work with him, but mainly it was just him calling, checking on me, making sure everything was good. Um, one day I saw him, and he had a knot on his neck right here. Tom, what's that? Oh, I think I just got an infected gland. I said, you need to go to the doctor. Called him a little later, told him the same thing. Have you been to the doctor? Made an appointment. They couldn't do it. Go to the doctor. He went to the doctor. Cancer. So he went through he went through radiation, destroyed his saliva glands. Uh, but every time I call him to check on him now to see how he's doing, it's always upbeat, never a bad word. There's something in his life that's changed. And I want to think, I want to think that maybe him seeing the way I live for God without criticizing him and putting down on him. We don't always have to beat it into people. We can just love God and let other people see our love. That's why I don't tell all y'all how to do things, but I love to love on you. I love to get a little bit of your spirit. 
we all have problems. The temptations come to every one of us. We all disappointments to somebody. But let's forget those things. And in 2015, let's work together. Let's put our shoulders together. And let's press. Let's press. Let's press toward a mark. And you're the one that's got to put the mark there. Here's where I want to go. I'm putting a mark, and I'm pressing toward that mark. And what is that mark? It's the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Forgetting those things that are behind. Samson could have, could have wallowed in his sorrow. One more scripture. Book of Genesis, chapter 1. I'm wrapping it up, I promise you. I'm sorry. Boots said, stop early. Leave them wanting more. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and it was void. God, the creator, created something that was void. And that's a message, John, in itself. And I think that God was looking to the future just for an encouragement to us to realize that sometimes our life has no meaning and no purpose. But Samson had a relationship with God after his failures and after his eyes were put out. And the Spirit of God came upon him. And he pushed. And he killed more at his death than all those that he'd killed in the, in, in the past. But then the Bible said, and the Spirit of God was moved... The Spirit of God moved over the face and He changed it. And God took something ugly and void with no form and no fashion and He made a beautiful earth out of it. And I think that's what needs to happen in our life today. We feel like that we are nothing, but if you will just allow God to move in your life, He'll make a brand new creature out of you. Saul... Saul wrecked havoc upon the church of God. He stood there and let other people be killed. But when he had a relationship with God, he is the one that wrote that scripture in Philippians. Forgetting those things that are behind, he was a good example for us. I'm going to forget all of those things, all the people that I imprisoned, and I'm going to preach the gospel that people can come to him. And, of course, we can't leave out Simon Peter. He denied him. And he could have wrapped himself in self-pity, but he did not. He could have listened to those words and said, nobody will follow you. Nobody will listen to you preach. But he stood up on the day of Pentecost, and he preached that great message. And he opened up the salvation for the Gentiles and the Jews, the Samaritans, and to us who were afar off. And he's called us. So I'm encouraging you. In 2015, leave those things behind you. And let's walk. Come on, God. Let's walk. Oh, maybe I'll come back and preach this one day when I got a couple hours. I love y'all. I'm glad I don't have to study every Sunday.
I'm glad I can just come in and love on you. And I'd love to, I'd love to actually just be able to sit down with some of you and talk to you about things. A couple, couple of fellows that said, let's, let's just go and let's just sit down and have a Bible study. And I've told John what I'd like to do sometimes is just not even have a planned Bible study. Just a bunch of guys and gals that would like to know more about him with no agenda, no access to grind, just a hunger for God. Let's sit down and talk about how we can get there. I love y'all. Bunches and bunches. How many received that word today? Receive that? Just stay with me, Dad. Stay right here with me. I think it's so perfect that we close out this day with communion. As you came in, you received these convenient little packages. You just take that out right now. If you don't have one, raise your hand and our hostesses will be coming. Dad, I'm not even going to tell mom that you went over your time. I'm not even going to tell her because that was some good word today. Good word. She wasn't here anyway, so it don't matter. You just take the little top right off of there. Take out that wafer. Hold it up. The broken body of Jesus Christ. He was bruised and broken for our sins, for our chastisement. What we were supposed to get, He got. This is the only way we can forget and press. This is it, is believing in the broken body of Jesus Christ. Because how many of you right now have tried to forget on your own? You tried to do it on your own. You can't do it. It has to be through the broken body of Jesus. Would you just break it right now and just receive it today? Receive it today, Jesus. Receive it today. And now would you stand? Representing the blood of Jesus that washes away all of our sins. Isn't that amazing? He bled out for us. All he had to do was shed blood, but he bled out completely emptied himself. And the Bible says that that blood still cries out as a witness. There are three that remain. The the blood and the water remain and cry out. And the Bible talks about the witnesses that are in heaven that that also bear witnesses what, what is in the earth. The blood, the water, and the spirit that emptied out of him on the cross. He bled out Release the water, 
and then his spirit that was released. All of those are ours, every bit, ours. It's ours. How many are ready for more blood, water, and spirit in your life today? Wash away every sin. We thank you for your blood. Would you receive that right now? We thank you for that, Jesus. The broken body, the blood of Jesus. Now, the custom that we have here at the hills is we don't throw these plastic, and not because we're recycling today. We do this. We take them, and we put them somewhere where you can see them. I put them right, mine right beside my computer keyboard where I spend my time in studying and, and prayer. Maybe you want to put yours where you get ready in the morning. We always say this, put it near your speedometer to remind you how you need to be driving. Just put it there. It is a witness, a reminder of what you need to forget. That's a good one. A reminder of what you need to forget. Not lingering anymore. We're stretching for...